Hi there, welcome to Sound Healing Radio. I'm David Gibson, and today's show is about uh, an overview of my book on sound relationships. I'm about 90% done, and I wanted to share share the overview. Uh, so our intention is that you might have harmonious relationships, uh, loving relationships, but all relationships as well. That's our intention for today. Before we get started, let me tell you about some things happening here at the Institute. We just had an open house, but we have another one coming up on, I already forgot when. It's actually February 25th. February 25th is the next open house here in Sausalito uh, from 1 to 5, all about how sound works physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And then we also have our semester just started this week here in Sausalito. You could still easily jump in. And uh, that's three and a half months here at the Institute and six months online. It's all about how sound works at all different levels. You also learn about the <clears throat> uh, the way uh, the whole universe works based on vibration. We've kind of got a good idea now. And also you learn many techniques and skills to be able to open up a practice and to be able to do treatments on yourself and on others. And you learn how to do sound baths as well. And uh, you can even do workshops after the class classes. And it's really transformative. We also have the online version that starts every two weeks. Uh, you could actually start this week. And it's uh, it still works really well online. We've got about 20 people in the class right now. And it's really effective for learning a practice, learning all the instruments instruments, learning how the body works uh, for pain and healing different issues uh, emotionally for releasing stuck emotions, brainwave entrainment and how the brain works based on rhythms and your nervous system, and then also spiritually learn about the frequency of your soul, the frequency of love, the frequency of oneness as well. And then we have our recording program starting March 5th. Uh, It's a six-month program, and it's all about how to use a digital audio workstation like Pro Tools or Ableton Live or Logic or any digital audio workstation. Everything we teach, even though we're using Pro Tools, applies to all programs. And then we also learn how to uh, do some keyboards and a, a music theory side as well. And we use my whole visual system I wrote the number one selling book in the world in audio recording and producing and the number one selling book in sound healing, the complete guide to sound healing. So you get a really unique perspective on how to record and affect people deeply. Then we have our voice analysis program that we sell. The next training is February 18th. And uh, you can buy it by February 15th, but you can also just get a treatment for $85 where we find exactly what notes are missing and how those core. And we know from all the research we've done on how those notes correspond to missing or the missing notes correspond to different issues and organs, weaknesses. We also have our brainwave assessment software and we uh, do treatments there where we play each of the 12 notes and rhythms and have you tune in which one is the most peaceful. And I watch because I've been doing it really closely. And then we find what note is your note. And then we give you CDs and Delta for sleep, 
theta for creativity and oneness, alpha for learning, beta for thinking, and gamma for blessing out, all tuned to you. And it's way better when you have binaural beats tuned to you. Really good for depression, anxiety, dementia, autism, and especially good for traumatic brain injuries. And then we have our Medical Sound Association meeting tomorrow. Uh, We're going to go through an overview of the last four or five years of all the different treatment plans we've come up with. And we're also going to be focusing on ADHD as well. So if you're interested in any of this, you can just email me at david at soundhealingcenter.com or call me 415-777-2486. You can find all of this info at soundhealingcenter.com where you can find the info on the school and the info on uh, on our store. We've got over 500 products on in the store, including crystal bowls, Tibetan bowls, tuning forks, technologies. We've got sound lounges, sound tables. We've got all types of vibrating things, including uh, over 100 CDs and videos and Oh my God, it's a lot, a lot there. Even we even have our sound chambers now. For forty thousand, you can buy a sound chamber that is like the dimensions of the king's chamber with a dodecahedron, an octahedron around it. It'll get you freaking high. All right. Also, we have our sound therapy center with the treatments I mentioned, but we have many others, and we are launching this week. We're finally going to launch our sound treatment center. It's at Let's see, let me get to it here. It's at soundtreatmentcenter.com. Oops, zooms in the way. Okay, here we go. Soundtreatmentcenter.com. And we've got a full range of practitioners that will do one-on-one treatments with you. And um, they're really good. And it's really good quality sound. It's way better than Zoom. We've trained everybody on miking and and the best uh, equipment to use. So you can check it out. Here's one example. Example of someone. soundtreatmentcenter.com if you want to get treatments of your practitioner you can register and charge whatever you want as well and then we also have our research foundation uh, which uh, has the medical sound association in there with over a thousand doctors now and uh, we've been creating treatment plans that we're going to be talking about tomorrow and then we also have the sound education association where we've created over 2,500 exercises for kids from three months all the way up to 18 years. And you can download a lot of them at Sound Education Association or soundeducationcenter.com. Oh, that's kind of funny. Things are getting a little... There we go. That's the way it should be. Okay. So everything is at soundhealingcenter.com. You can find everything we do there. Okay. Okay. So let me show you what I have so far for my new book.
It's called Sound Relationships. So the overall layout is, first of all, to be whole on your own, heart open. That's really the main part of the whole book. A lot of people, when they look at couples' work, is they, you know, they don't really focus on each person doing their own work. Until you are completely whole on your own, you're going to be needy. You're going to be needing another person to make you whole, and that's not cool. That causes all types of problems. So there's a whole section here. Some of this comes from my current uh, complete guide uh, on sound healing book, um, and uh, other is new stuff. Okay. Then we go through compatibility. I'm going to give you the overview, overview, and then we'll go back into a little more detail. Compatibility is how to actually choose a partner, right? Which is an interesting concept. Okay. Then we got connecting how to find a relationship, and then how to, to keep it going as well. And then communication, which is the big one, right, on how to communicate. And then breakups or loss of a loved one, how to either end a relationship or deal with being dumped, right? And then the last section is play and love and harmony in relationships. It's really looking at relationships from a spiritual perspective. All right. So let's kind of give you the overview. I have no idea how long this will take, whether I'll get through the whole thing or not, but we're going we're gonna to try here. Okay. Whole on your own. Again, if you aren't whole on your own, it's really then that means you're attached the whole deal is to really be a whole person like a circle and the other person is a whole person like a circle. And then you put the two circles together and you get the Vesca Piscis, which actually is the overlapping circles, which creates the Eye of Horus. Right? So the problem is we're so attached. And what I've learned is when you can say you're free to go, even if you've been married for 30 years or longer, you can say you're free to go, then all suffering goes away. When you're completely whole, not only if that, so if that person died or left, you would not, I mean, it would be a a bit of a bummer, right? But ideally, you would be completely whole still. Right? It's not easy, but that's the ideal. Right? Because there's so many people that are so attached to their mate. In fact, they would die. People die when the other persons die. My my mother died one month after my father died. Right? People kill because of the attachment. People commit suicide because of when someone leaves, right? It's really crazy. And our whole system, especially of movies, is like finding the one, right? Or how what a bummer it is when you lose them, right? And it just totally resonates that emotional attachment. 
like that's normal and that's but you know one day I had this one relationship and she said to me Dave don't come to this relationship unless you're filled with love and I'm like oh that makes sense could you say that a little nicer (laughs) right it's really true you need to be able to fill yourself up with love which means knowing how to run universal love most people don't most people don't have a clue on how to run or connect to universal love but when you do there is zero neediness because now it's way stronger it's indescribable love and it will never go away right and then when you connect with another person it's party time right so it's really about being whole on your own but not just whole on your own heart open as well I know people that are totally whole on their own. They're kind of cold, right? But it's like when you're whole on your own and heart open and caring as well. That's the ideal, right? But it's also knowing where home is. It's interesting. Every open house, every event I have, I'll ask people, how many of you know where you're at home in yourself? In that we're not talking notes. We're talking just where you're at peace, where you're you. And how many of you know when that you're off, right? This is so critical. This is so important. You've got to know when when you're you or, or when some other energy is coming or when you're just stressed out over something and you see, oh, my God. I need to go do something. I need to take care of myself. I need to go on a hike or or take off or do a little vacation or just get in the bathtub, right? Just something to, to, to relax, right? Listen to music, do sound healing, do sound healing, right? So it's really important you know where home is. Well, we talk many times about actually finding the note of where you're at home. And when you know that note, then it's really cool because then you can use a CD or even a crystal bowl or even a tuning fork to get you back to that piece. I'm a bee. I love my bee bowl, right? It totally grounds me because that's my rhythm and that's my note when I'm at peace. So that's really important. But it's also about emotional stability, (laughs) right? How many have that down, right? I mean, emotional stability is really all about being able to control your emotions. And and we're not, I mean, it's, it's really about getting off the roller coaster of emotions and watching them. You can use the mental body to put them in perspective or the next step, if you go to the spiritual realm where you're one with the universe or just connected to source, then you're not running that emotional body information that roller coaster and you get off the roller coaster i mean one way is just to simply watch it be that point of awareness or witness that's watching the roller coaster of emotions right that's really really important especially when it gets into relationships because i mean loving relationships are the biggest trigger there is for emotional instability right for emotions to come up oh my god it's like it's like you know the workhouse right okay 
but also it's about being at peace in midst of challenges and conflicts, which is about emotional stability also. And we just had that class today where we go through letting it go, toning any stable frequency, gratitude. We go through compassion and we go through uh, love. All these different techniques to be at peace no matter what's going on in your life. And that's really cool. So you don't have to, to, you know, freak out. If uh, I mean, well, you're more stable for the relationship, okay? But then there's also I talk about the threshold between caring for others and caring for yourself. It's really interesting. There's a lot of people that are really loving, that are really unstable because they give themselves away. And they, they kind of lose themselves, right? In the Kabbalah, one of our instructors taught the Kabbalah, there's, they talk about the balance between um, mercy, which is love, and uh, uh, being able to be discerning. Someone that doesn't have the love part is more critical because they're only discerning. The one that is only loving that doesn't have the discernment is a little wishy-washy, right? So you need the balance of the two. And, you know, you got to take care of yourself first, but so, you know, you don't want to give yourself away, but also you do want to be caring. It's an interesting balance, right? But then there's the whole part about negative beliefs. We've gone over this in the talks here. I mean, being able to to ha- uh, not believe that you're not, to, to get over believing you're not good enough. I mean, that's an illusion. We are a perfect spirit in every way, right? And it's probably the number one thing that gets in the way of relationships. I mean, you can tell when somebody's not feeling good enough and it's not very attractive, right? <laughs> okay? just, just loving yourself. Oh my God, you got to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, it's hard to love anybody and nobody wants to love you if you don't love yourself. You've got to love yourself. I mean, hug yourself, send love to your heart, right? And then to connect to universal love. Universal love, they say, comes in through the thymus down into the heart. I often get it coming through my crown down in the heart. The trick is to visualize it until it happens, until you feel that energy from the universe running through your heart, right? Fake it until it makes it, right? Until you're lit up like a Christmas tree, Also, it's interesting when you realize we're all one. So you see the relationship as a part of oneness with everybody and with that person in the relationship, right? So then you're... It's a whole different perspective. It's like they are never your your uh, in opposition to you, because we you are one with everybody. The big deal is to be able to zoom out, right? We all have little ups and downs and little challenges, and to realize those are just little bumps in the road. There's the whole thing of the journey of the hero where you realize you're 
when you get off, it's actually a journey, which is a circle that ultimately brings you back to yourself and you integrate what you learned on that journey. Right. So that's really cool to to see it as small. See everything as small. There's a whole book on that one. Okay. And then ultimately to be a master. A lot of that means being able to change your own behavior, which is not easy. I would say there's only about 10 or 15% of the people that can actually change the way they are drastically at all, right? It's not easy, but it can be done. It's really about being uh, uh, still enough, which means doing your work around peace so that you can see where you're at, the pattern you're running, you can see the pattern that you want to change to, and you can, in the moment, see how to actually change it and transform it. I mean, you really got to be present to see three things at once like that. It is not easy. It's really serious presence and really watching yourself. Self-examination. Okay, so that's all about being whole and heart open. Now, compatibility. (laughs) First of all, when it comes to a relationship, this is the number one thing of all. If you got this down, then it's not only good in relationships, it's good in all of life. It's all taken care of. Freaking relax. It's all taken care of. Just trust. It's really all taken. You do whatever you need to do to, 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 you know, maybe you got to go online for uh, on a dating service or whatever, get out there, but it's all taken care of. Stop worrying about it. In fact, the worry about finding a relationship or making sure that it's compatible and stuff, I mean, it's, it's really, that gets in the way. The second you relax and go, it's all taken care of, then spirit goes, here they come. Here they come, right? But it's also uh, about not being afraid to love, right? A lot of us have been hurt and we're a little scared, right, to dive in there again. Oh, my God, get over it. I mean, it, the, the, the energy of love, I mean, as you, the more you do it, the more you get good at loving as well, right? So, don't, I mean, really don't be afraid. Okay, how to choose a relationship. It's interesting. Um, You've got different connections uh, physically, and some people just go for the physical, right? Especially when they're younger. Mentally, mentally is to be able to uh, have both people be able to keep up with each other mentally, right? There's also emotionally, Some are more stable emotionally than others. And then spiritually. Some are more spiritually advanced or have more of a spiritual practice than the others. If you can get all four of those together, that's really cool, right? But good luck. I mean, to get three, two, or two of the four is pretty good, right? As long as they're not uh, below 50% in any of the areas. Because there's always deal breakers. 
in relationships, it's important to know what your deal breakers are. Sometimes, though, here's the deal. Chemistry just blows it all out of the water, right? It's like the chemistry is so great. Maybe they're a soulmate. Maybe they're a twin flame. It's like, who cares if we're killing each other? We're staying together because it's incredible, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like it's it's like some some people say, oh, if I find my twin flame, I'm going to run, right? Because it can be crazy making because, you know, even if you're not getting along, it's you stay together because the chemistry is off the charts, right? So some people only look for chemistry, whereas there's really I've what the, the what I've done is I've created this chart where you can actually map out all of the things that are the deal breakers you know, whatever, maybe only seven or eight or a dozen, right, that you really need. I mean, it could be age, it could be body type, it could, whatever, you know, whatever it is for you. But then you've got all the other things that you'd get lucky to get them all, right? They aren't deal breakers. And if you can get 50% of the rest of the things on the list, that's pretty cool, right? If you get 80, 90%, oh my God, that's lucky. It's like buying a house. You know, good luck getting everything you want, right? So the deal breakers are deal breakers, but the rest of it is like, you know, uh, it's just nice if you can get it. And that chart can be really helpful to share with each other in a relationship so you can see where there's not that much compatibility. And that's okay, right? Because you might be going... Because here's what happens. A lot of people get tunnel vision on different incompatibilities and they go we are not compatible on that well zoom out look at the other 100 things right good good luck getting all of them i mean it, don't just focus on the one i mean our brain is built to focus on the negative that's what the, the prefrontal cortex is all about. It focused on the negative, right? I mean, if you've got even five things that aren't compatible, right? I mean, look at the other 95, right? Or at least look at all of it at once. And then you, you, don't, you aren't so unstable like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm out of here because you didn't do the dishes. What about the other 99 things that are incredible, you're just focused on the dishes, right? Jeez, look at the whole chart. Look at everything in the relationship and don't get the tunnel vision. That's a really big one because it makes you way more stable, right? Okay. There's also the different attachment types that are really interesting. You know, some people are uh, able to create attachments uh, or relationships that are secure. Others are like, nope. Of avoiding it, and it's and some are uh, have anxiety around attachment or relationship, and this all comes from your childhood, how you were treated treated in your childhood, right? And so those, it's really just interesting to see those different types and be able to to identify and not blame anybody. Go, okay, that's where you're at. Here's how you change. There's other systems, of course. You can use astrology or human design, Enneagram. There's all types of ways you can look at compatibility. Okay. okay. Then there's actually how to connect and and get together. 
And it's really a tricky process, right? It's really, here's the deal. When you're first connecting in a relationship, there's, it's a flowing situation. I mean, really flowing. It could change every 30 seconds, right? God, I want to marry you. Oh, what did you just say? I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's like, God, it's up and down. It's all over the place because you don't know. You don't know the person. I mean, you don't know. I mean, often we have the honeymoon sec, uh, 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 section, right? God, you are perfect. You are just perfect, right? And then we start learning about their shadow side, right? So it's really to try to pin it down and say, where are you at when you're just getting together is like death, right? Because the next moment, it could be completely different. So you don't really want to try and pin it down and say, okay, are we... But there is a certain point where you go, okay, are we in a relationship or not? (laughs) This one woman, we were so close. We spent four years together and she never said that would never admit we were in a relationship. And I'm like, well, what are we? We make love all the time. We go, we've been on trips around the world. What are we, right? So at some point you want to, well, first of all, the next step at, at when it's just making the first move where you're touching, right? And there's, you know, all different ideas as to how soon you should make love or connect, you know, physically. I mean, I don't even get into that. That's just a, you know, a can of worms so it's you know whatever you feel right on that for you but the question is when are you going to commit to a relationship and some and that's tricky so um, the main thing is first of all even gauging whether the person is interested right also I talk about the stress of men like I'm sure there's women's stress as well, but the men's stress is trying to actually initiate relationships. It's really dangerous these days with, you know, the different movements out there. I mean, goodness gracious, to actually even ask someone out, you could get in trouble. You know, so you just got to just, it's really stressful. So women don't realize how stressful it is to actually, because men are supposed to initiate, not always, right? But it's just, it's so stressful. Okay, and then there's the um, imbalance in a relationship. All right, so we talked about the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. You know, when it comes to physically, sometimes people are stronger. I remember uh, the last major relationship I was in, you know, I had a hard time keeping up because she would, she would, you know, have a glass of wine each night, and I can't drink, right? So it's it's like um, there's also mentally. I've been with people that are not nearly as mentally quick, right? And the problem is respect. Number one thing in a relationship is respect. But when one person is not as advanced mentally or even emotionally or even spiritually, that imbalance even can easily come across as disrespect. And it's tricky because really when one person is 
more advanced to the other, it now becomes a teacher-student relationship in a way. And But if you realize that's what's going on, it's perfect. You go, oh, show me, show me, right? So there's no, like, you don't know that? Really? Don't you remember? Right? Your memory's not that good, right? It's an, it's not this above and below. It's like, how can how can I help you, right? It's really the number one thing that breaks up relationships is imbalances, and it's very tricky. You're lucky if you can get the balance in each area, and even if you do, over time it may become imbalance. Someone one becomes more advanced than the other in some way. Yeah, it's really tricky. Okay, then you have the communication area. Communication, of course, is one of the biggest, trickiest parts. Again, it's all about respect. So, number one thing of all couple books that I've read, including Nonviolent Communication by Marshall, which is the really big one, is to get on the same side right? It's all about getting on the same side. You're not adversaries. You're on the same side, working it out together, you know, trying to figure out what makes sense to work it out. That's really the whole deal. And there's all types of things you can do with sound, little ceremonies, playing a bowl together, toning together to get on the same side, really. Because if you're not on the same side, you shouldn't even be talking. (laughs) right you need to do something to get on the same side before you communicate because then it's light years there's no there's nothing to work out right it's just like okay then you're arguing for the other person's side right it's really cool but so respect 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 it's and the opposite of respect is one person being above the other and no one likes to be below the other, right? It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good, especially over time. It can hurt your self-esteem. And then the one person that's below starts rebelling. And then it's like, okay, now there's like, uh, it gets crazy. Okay, so respect is obviously the most amazing. Uh, is, is You just got to really look for non-judgment, right? Now, when communication happens, this is one area that I just had an epiphany on that's really cool. You know, there's so much going on behind a communication, it's ridiculous. First of all, there's the energy behind the communication. It's like, okay, someone can say, you, uh, you suck. Right, or you could say, "Honey, I think you suck today." <laughs> right, it's completely different energy. Right, there's the criticalness or the lovingness behind it. Right, but here's what I've realized: the intention behind the communication is even more important than the energy. In fact, I'm getting rid of this whole deal thing. Okay. The intention, and there's. Only a few main intentions people have, 
one is selfish. One is trying to get something from the other. So it can even be manipulative, right? You're trying to convince them. could be not so manipulative, but you're still trying to convince them, right, to go your way, right? And we can all tell when that's going on. Or there's the energy of um, doing this for the highest good of the relationship and the highest good of people on the planet, right? Or what other intentions? There's a couple others I was just thinking of earlier where you have uh, the intention of let me put it this way. Whatever your intention is, it's obvious. People feel it. People know what you're trying to do, right? So always think about what's the point as to why I'm saying this. And that's critical because when people know in a second when you're trying to harmonize with the intention versus trying to get something from the person or convince them of something. And the problem is people often actually don't realize that your intention is pure because they're so used to people trying to get something, right? So people will will rebel, right? I mean, you can have a loving energy with a negative intention, and it's like, sound feels a little fishy here. You're, you're using a loving sound, but you're trying to convince me to, to do something I don't want to do. Right? So it's really the intention behind it. Now, there's also the negative beliefs. It's like, you know, that we feel as well. I think, or it's like, you think I'm stupid. I can tell. You think I'm stupid, don't you? Right? And that's, again, what we were talking about earlier, about being above the other person. Right? So there's also that negative belief that comes across. It's like we're we're also, it's not, we don't even have to be psychic. We all get these levels of communication. So sometimes people will say, well, that's all I, I was just saying this. But you really have to take responsibility for the energy and the intention behind it. All right. Let me backtrack for a second and then we'll take a little break with some unconditional love music here. So here's the deal. <clears throat> with all of this, it's really easy to go, God, you really need to learn this or read this book. And then you get where you're above the person because you know more about relationships than the other, right? I see it happening all the time with nonviolent communication, right? Where you actually, um, I've had, I've done it myself, where it's like, oh my God, if you only knew the techniques for communication here, well, we could get along. And so I could get really frustrated. So it's really, can be really, really tricky, right? Really tricky. So we'll talk more about that. So let me play my unconditional love song. Some some people say there is no unconditional love in relationships. 
but there totally is. You know, I mean, I I've got a relationship where I just, no matter what she does, I'm going to love her no matter what, because I see her child, her precious child inside, trying to make it right. So that's really the ultimate, where you see their soul, you see their essence of purity. We all get lost, right? And that's really cool. So here's a song on unconditional love. It's only six minutes.
recognized. You know, a lot of it is reactivity. Seems like there are four ways to react to criticism. One is, you're right. A lot of people feel too vulnerable to say that. You're right. I think you're right. I've been working on that. I wish I knew how to change it. Right? You want to help? Not your job, but I could use some help. Or, no, I've checked that out. I've been watching. I think that's not really what's going on for me. That that's not what is actually going on. I think you're, there's a misunderstanding because I've been checking that one out. Or, maybe you're right. Hmm. Let me think about this. Maybe that's a pattern in me that I haven't really noticed. Or the fourth one, which is the most common of all, F you, you do it too, right? Ultimately, the ideal relationship is where you go, please give me criticism and help me see the things that I'm not seeing. Give me feedback, right? And you are wanting it instead of feeling not good enough so that you get defensive when you hear it. Tell me more. Maybe you're right, right? Because when you have a relationship where there's so much trust that both are looking out for the growth of each other, oh my God, there's no more defensiveness. It's like, yes, wow, really? Let me check and see which one of the four that I can respond to with that one, right? It's very cool. That's the ideal. Now, there's all types of things you can do with sound. One is to have each person make the sound of how they're feeling when you're in a conflict. So one person goes, ah, yeah, right? Generally, you're always going to go to to pain. It's hard to not have empathy for that. And then the other person goes, right? And then you do it together, right? It's also nice to set a time to do it together where you play crystal ball or light candles, maybe do a little toning, just get in a place of love, loving energy. I mean, ideally, it's always best if you can say and never use the you statement. Say, I feel this way when you do that. But I tell you, if you're in a loving energy with each other, it doesn't matter how you say it. Ultimately, you could say, it really sucks what you're doing, honey. And the other person goes, I love you, right? Because you're in that loving energy, right? That's, that's again, getting on the same side. Now, once you're on the same side, it's really cool to, uh, there's some things you can do, of course, around sex. It's really amazing to be able to make the sound of each chakra on the other person's body right? Oh my God. Or especially to make the sound of love right on their heart. Put your lips right on their heart and and send love right into it. 
oh my god, right? It's just the best, right? But here's one of the most fun of all. To tone any vowel both at the same time while kissing. Oh my god. It's really a little tricky to do because you start cracking up, right? Everybody, You just immediately start laughing because it's so bizarre, right? But when you get it down, you start matching the note and finding the resonant frequency of their mouth and you don't know where the sound's coming from. You go off pitch a little bit and get some binaural beats, right? And then you start doing frequency sweeps together, together, oh my God, while kissing, Jeez, I mean, I've spent an hour playing with this, and it's just like, it's just so much fun. It's just so much fun. Okay, so if you're in a relationship, that's your homework. Okay. Tone while kissing. Of course, you know, then there's the whole section of breaking up. Again, if you're whole on your own, this is not a big deal. If you're able to keep your own energy and really be whole, it's like, it's a bummer still, right? But it's not like the end of the world. But if you've invested your whole being in that other person, you're in trouble. Really, you're in trouble, right? So it's really about being whole on your own. And then also to realize that loneliness is such a great or being alone is such a great opportunity to learn your own groove, right? Get back to your own way. Because when you're in a relationship, it's, it's kind of, you, you start to lose it a bit because it's like you're always, if you're around that person a lot, you know, it's like you forget what it's like just to, to make decisions completely on your own, to really create your own vibration and do exactly what you want. It's really just incredible. So it's not a bummer. It's like really cool to be able to get back to you. Also, it's a much more, I find it to be a much more creative space for me. I mean, I just, I'm like unbelievably creative when I'm alone, right? What else to do, right? Okay. And then finally, resonating more love. The Probably the biggest thing that, a lot of people think is think they think okay the honeymoon is over we're just going to do the normal day-to-day stuff and then people forget to run love you need to learn how to run love even when there's not love there i mean it's really just as simple as sending love with the sound right because a lot of people just go, okay, we're falling into a routine. We're not running love anymore. I believe the honeymoon should last forever. And it's not really the honeymoon. I mean, you do learn all the weird things about the other person, right? Of course, that's, that's, that's when the honeymoon's over. But you can still run love all the time, right? And it's really just knowing how to energetically bring in love and send it out your heart to the other person. It's also about play, you know. I mean, there's all types of things you can do with sound together. It's just so much fun. But then, ultimately, raising personal love to the level of divine universal love, 
So it becomes a whole spiritual journey where you're not just, I mean, you get together to actually go to this place of universal love together. Oh my God. When you learn to be able to run love of universal love while holding someone without sex, I mean, I've done it for four hours and it's like, holy crap. Running love while holding somebody is light years better than sex. I'm not saying sex is bad. Uh, you could add sex to it, right? But it's in, it's the, it's way better than sex. It's just um, unbelievable. That's your homework for the rest of your life. And realizing it's all just a spiritual journey. How can, much can you learn and grow in this relationship? Right. So, about 90% done. If you're interested in the book, you can email me. I'll let you know when it's ready. If you're not already on the email us, david at soundhealingcenter.com. Again, you could start now, though. Being whole on your own and running universal love through your heart. Fake it until you make it. So you're completely filled with love. And if you get a relationship, it's a bonus. Or you're with someone, it's a bonus. Right? And then when you separate back or just leave for the day, right? You're completely filled with love. Here's another thing is imagine a time when you are completely in love. Bring that into your my may not my you may have to peel away the person, right? No stories, just run the energy of love, being in love. Okay. Now, make the sound of that feeling. Okay. just proved that you can run love without another person. Imagine being in love all the time without even anyone else there. Hold that energy the rest of the night. The week ahead. Months ahead. Years ahead. My times ahead. Thanks for listening and take care. Woo! <laughs>